You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello, and welcome to the 158th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. This is Spencer in Boston. You guys, I'm sweating balls over here. That is disgusting. I don't know what to do about it. It's hot. It's It's hotter than Orlando. It is. Are you jealous? um, Can you tell me what to do? No, not at all. Guys, I had to take off the aero helmet today. That's how hot it is. I had to go to regular helmet. That's really hot. That's sad. Guys... I know, I know that the people love the banter, love the small talk, but we're really burying the lead here. I know people love the are... banter and the small talk, but screw the people. <laughs> yeah. There, there's so much chatting and excitement, and it all got off to a bang this week when um, the Pessimist Archive launched their uh, sixth episode. Pessimist Archive, very successful podcast that has to deal with pessimism and freaking out about new inventions. This week, we, we got to be voice talent. It was probably the only time in the history of the Slow Ride podcast that we, were, that we participated in a legitimate part podcast. Well, yeah. the only time we could legitimately, <laughs> legitimately be referred to as talent. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That as well. It was, so it was odd. Go check it out. Go to your iTunes. Search Pessimist Archive, Episode 6. It's about the bicycle. Uh, we got to uh, – it's basically about – It's a historical what, take on the bike and, and what people thought about yeah. it thought about it at the time and i i gotta admit i didn't know a lot of this stuff i do, i and uh the bicycle has a kind of a topsy-turvy uh you know history not always loved it's not always so loved as it is now by yeah. everyone everywhere everyone yeah. everywhere and the host is uh jason pfeiffer who's the editor-in-chief of entrepreneur magazine and uh it was great to participate so we'd like to thank uh jason for uh looking us up and uh participate what's that address pessimist.co go check it out pessimist.co they they're so pessimistic they don't even believe the m is worth it (laughs) yeah that should be their tagline jason there you go tm jason tm just just cut that right in there you're welcome you have tm copyright trademark all the jazz so to their uh thousands of listeners seventeen thousand twitter followers thanks for uh joining us because i'm sure you've made it uh all the way into this so uh if you want to talk about bicycles this is the place to be because Nothing is at the top of the minds of cyclists around the country other than mm. little guy. What? Oh, little I'm guy. supposed to what? say it? I didn't know I was supposed yeah, yeah. to finish this sentence. Uh, the Dauphine Libre. You guys watched it, right? It was a great race. It's one of the most exciting tour prep races on the calendar. No, did not watch it. Didn't watch I... any of it. In fact, I have no reason to watch it. Tell me why I should have watched this race. It sounds like uh... the Tour of California based in France. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> man, have you ever one Tim? You should love it because one, your boy Talansky won it once. Oh shit! And two, it actually has interesting GC contenders, <laughs> and it had maybe the most amazing last day of racing all year in terms of crazy mountain stages. What I do know about the race is that my theory has been holding true for a while now, a few years at least, 
that the important places in the Dauphiné are 6th place through 10th place for predicting Tour de France form. And you know who is right about in that range was Chris, Fro- Chris Froome. And he's, he's nailing it, you know? Like, he doesn't get the win, and he yeah. acts disappointed, but... I don't. Yeah, I don't think he was super bummed. I think no. I think you're right. So, but yeah, he, he finished fourth overall. How long is this race, little guy? It's like a week. Uh, yeah, it's a week long. It's a week stage race. Look, Tim, if you're gonna follow any week long stage race in the month of June, you follow this yeah, one because it's a predictor. I don't think anyone's actually in the tour Switzerland because so all here's the, the tour big problem is I have too is that Contador finished outside of the top ten, and that yeah. worries me for the tour. Well, but he's he's acting like it's all cool. So that, I don't know. See, this is why I love this race. One, it's a good race on its own, and then you get all this conjecture that comes yeah. out of it of like who's too hot, who's not hot enough, who's like building form just at the perfect perfect level. Like yeah, Contador in eleventh place. I think I saw today this was the first yes. time in thirty-one stage races that he's finished outside the top That's ten. Insane. Going back, uh, maybe seven years, ten, eight years. That's nuts. That's nuts. That's, we're not, we haven't been appreciating Albuquerque Contador enough, and I know we, like, sometimes I rave about him. Yeah. And his attacking style. And that's with him being, uh, becoming less of a steady hand in any sort of stage race and becoming more of kind of a crazy guy that launches uh, wild attacks, yeah, he, which he didn't really do in this race. He's not always going for the but, win but, you know, anymore, but he's, al- he's always still consistently in the top ten, and that's... Yeah, I, I mean, I know that, but like seeing it written down, like, wow, this is the first time in 31 stage races he hasn't been in the top ten. That's insane. I, it's yeah, that's I quite. Mean, most people uh, that's haven't amazing. done 31 stage races. That's true. Much less finished top ten in all of them. No, but this this race is great because. Well, just the actual racing. But, yeah, we, we have a great top, like, uh, 11. Let's say 11. Well, let's say 12 because Tease Banute finished in That's 12th place too. overall, Tim. So there's a little no, something, no, no, no. I'm excited now. I'm excited right. now. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, your boy, Andrew Tolansky, was ooh, 22nd. I Ouch. So, okay. So why was this exciting in the last day? You're just talking about the last right. day. Let's here's a few reasons case. why it's exciting. Is it because Richie Port didn't win? Yes. But here's another couple of reasons why it's exciting. One, Fuslang won. Three things this week. The guy had never won anything in the in the uh, in the world tour. I, you guys both know, I was very nervous earlier in the year that Fuslang wasn't going to get to lead at the tour. It's breaking my heart. I think he's going to get to lead at the tour now, even though Fabio Ruiz kind of crushing it too. But Fuslang won a stage, and then on the last day, put in a nice move, won the stage, and with the time bonuses, took the race overall from Port who wasn't even believing it. He was just watching everybody else. It was good racing. Just go back, watch the highlights of the last <laughs> stage. Okay, I'll watch the last stage. I'll, I'll watch the last stage. It. You sold me. But How can you not Dan like Martin? this? Dan Martin put in a big attack Dan on the Martin, last day. Fuslang dropped him. Third. Dan Martin, third on GC. How can you not like that? Yeah. So He's the greatest that, American. That's weird. I don't know what to make of Dan Martin in that race either because... That should predict that he's a little too hot for the tour, but like, uh, I didn't, I don't really see him as a as a as a tour contender. You know, he might win some stages and stuff. So, like, where yeah. do you, where do you what do you even do with that? I I think did you he gave an interview after the last stage, which he basically said it's like this was a short mountain stage and GC guys were attacking 
like 30, 40K in. Like you had Aru and, and Valverde up the road like early. It was nuts. So, yeah. Um, but Martin was saying like basically, and I think this kind of says the way he rides, is that he was like, man, if people rode like this at the tour, that would be awesome. But instead, everyone rides conservatively yeah. at the tour, and it comes down to a time trial, and he loses out. Where if yeah. it was just craziness in the mountains every day, Dan Martin's going to end up on the podium of a Grand Tour in that situation because he can climb. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I guess he, the the only thing I knew about this race at, at all was that it started way like every time I woke up in the morning, I checked it Twitter very early. It yeah. was it was already over. And the very last stage, all I saw was, like, some description from someone that it was, like, attack, attack, attack on the last stage. And you're like, oh, man, I should have watched that last stage. Um, yeah. And then today I got an email uh, from uh, Wide Angle Podium uh, supporter uh, John Senum of the uh, Richie Port's, like, article where he's like, they just didn't want me to win. Mm. Yeah. Like, it seemed yeah. like he was going a little bit of the TJ Van Garderen route where, like, everyone was out to get me because I'm Richie Port. And I'm I, like, do you think that's the case? <sighs> No, I think, I think Port and I, th- I. Maybe this comes through in interviews in other languages, but just because in English we we get like guys like Port and and TJ, but it these like GC guys who were like everyone was against me. Like, yeah, you had the lead of the race. You're the most obvious one to gang up on, and you have to take that responsibility. Like he got. Yeah isolated very early in the race and had to do a lot of pulling and guys just forced him to pull. We're like, you know what you, I'm willing to let the race get away from me and take a chance that, you know, to like break you, like you have to break the leader if you want to win. And sorry, uh, Richie, that's just bike racing, man. Do you think Richie, do you think Richie can take that loss and just put it into that podium win at the tour? (laughs) I mean, I hope, I don't know. You know, he was definitely, like, if you just want to say he was the strongest rider in the race when people say that, which always bugs me because that's not what the race is about. It's not a power meter test. Yeah. Like, there was, like, I saw stuff of, like, yeah, he had the fastest time up the last climb, which was, like, yeah, that's great, but he let himself get isolated and dropped before that, and, you know, that, like Dan Martin and Fuslang and uh, Mantez, you know, took advantage of that, and they finished one, two, three on the stage, you know. So like, I do like how you mentioned Mantez just to I bring you me back into that. this. Like, like, you, like, you, like you knew you were losing me a little bit, yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> I saw, and I'm like, huh? I saw you drifting <laughs> off. Yeah. And Tim, you should be excited. Seventh place overall, a new rider for you to latch your super rookie card on, Emmanuel. <laughs> I think it's Bookman of the Bora Hansgrove team. You know, he's I been around, but like, I know you haven't wagon, probably seen him before. I'm already I on just, too many bandwagons right now. I'm starting to get a little, uh, you know, stretched thin. Uh-huh. Uh, there's okay. only so many wagons that, uh, that I can uh, sit on at once. So, <laughs> all right. Um, um, all right Spencer, should we me. divvy it yeah. up? Like I'm going to sit on his bandwagon if you don't want it, but like, I'll trade you, I, I, uh, his bandwagon. If I can get so Tisa's bandwagon saw, back from Tim, I saw him there in seventh oh, place no. and he did not fly under my radar. And I was like, I'm not mentioning this dude at all because I'm totally picking him on my Vela Games team and I'm going to smoke these fools because he's in the zone, in the Dauphiné, uh, and I was ready for it. And now you guys are both aware of it, so I think I'm going to have to go a different direction. I was so aware of it. He's going to have a decent Daph- tour. How much do you love the Dauphiné? Um, I don't love it like the most, but it's exciting in terms of... Is it one of your... Uh, is it like one of the strongest races on the calendar? Like- I would say that... The format, the Dauphiné, 
has lately where the last mountain stage is you like the last few years i feel like maybe it's just this year and last year but like the short mountain stage on the last day in a week-long stage race is the greatest idea which is why it it guarantees yeah that's why i always like the old format of uh nice like it was always so exciting yeah um, you know, racing over the last climb, and then they descend and do uh, along the uh, along the water you know, at the end. These... And it's definitely like those kind of races are like at the top of my list for sure. Now, all of those French races, guys, just pale in comparison to the classic French stage race called the Criterium International. You should totally check it out. <laughs> well, it always has that feel because it has three stages packed into two days. So, <laughs> well, they, there there are just so many races out there, guys. So we're just going to slide onto this segue. Train. I, I was looking for like some alliteration. Slide onto this Segway stallion and sure. roll right over. How about into a Segway Segway? Segway uh, Segway. There we go. We have a new segment here on the uh, on the Slow Ride podcast. I and this one is totally ripped from uh, a great podcast I was listening to on the way down from Minnesota yesterday. And so since I had a twenty four hour drive, I called Spencer about eight times about this idea and little guy a couple times too. Um, a podcast called All Fantasy Everything, and they basically fantasy draft important things in pop culture so we're just totally going to rip it and do it about cycling so check out that podcast if you want or you can just act like we came up with this idea but we need a name for this segment so go on twitter let us know what we should call it it's the slow ride podcast fifth what is it little guy corner it's called top corner where we say our top Top things in the corner all right so gentlemen i had you both yesterday start creating your list we're gonna fantasy draft our yeah. favorite bike races. All that matters is that these bike races have to take place with – they have to have two wheels. There has to be a competition of some kind. If you choose a triathlon, we'll make fun of you, and you can have the worst pick of all time. So we've gone over the rules. People are going to pick it up. Classic Serpentine Draft. At the end, our listeners are going to tell us whose team is better, what races they think should have been drafted maybe higher. Okay. This is the fantasy team that you are taking into a bar fight with you. This is the team that, that – that you are my list against your list and little guy, since you did not partake, partake in Velo games last year or last, uh, for the Giro, you pick last Spencer, you won, <laughs> you pick first and I am uh, sitting pretty in the middle. So Spencer with the first pick of the slow ride podcast, top corner, greatest race that you want in your this stable. It's a lot of pressure. Why do I have to go first? You already told you because you were so good at picking should, bike racers. You're you should so be good, good at, at picking, picking bike racers. You get to go first. bike races. Mm. Now there's a lot of pressure on the first pick. So wasn't this, that wasn't that the, quick? Quick. Let me just say that. Okay. Yeah. There, there are individuals that are listening to this podcast for the first time. This is like walking up to the jukebox <laughs> in a quiet bar. Yeah. Where no one has played exactly. any music, and you walk up, and that first song, the first notes are so important. This is. Do you this go with something ex- that everyone loves? <laughs> or do you go with, like, an REM song, and everyone just hates you, but they respect you for the balls that you had for playing it? No, so Spencer, you go with Don't Stop Believing, and that's what you do. <laughs> and then you pick the song you wanted to pick after that. Yeah, yeah that's a good plan. Well, pick Spencer, something yeah. you know will love. Come on. What is. Yeah. What is the first pick of the all f- of the, uh, the top corner by the I was, Slow Ride I was podcast? wanting to pick third because I want to see which directions you guys are going, and I feel like mm. as the as the Villagans winner, I should have had the choice. But whatever, I guess I'm outvoted. Um, so I need to pick my number one most, like the best race out there. Yep. Is that that's 
Well, it's either I mean, that, or you could, maybe you just want to pick all classics, or maybe maybe you just want to make well, little those guy are the mad best and races. You just want to pick something. Yeah. So, well, what do you got? I mean, obviously, like right, the the Tour de France should be like the the number one pick, right? Like, shouldn't it? I don't Is know. Is that what you're taking? No. I'm just trying you're to figure... You're feeling out what we're... Just I don't pick even your know pick. You're what... on the clock. Okay. I feel like the Tour de France should be the first pick, and I don't want to pick it. Like don't now, pick it, then. This is the problem I have with this. This is the don't stop first. believing pick, Spencer. Yeah, I know. I don't want to don't stop believing. <laughs> I'm going to pick... Um, I'm going to pick the the queen of all races. I'm going to pick Perry Roubaix with the number one pick. Solid pick. Like solid I, pick. I, I, that's an I okay can't pick. Not, that's... I can't not go with Perry Roubaix. It's the most. That's exciting. a solid. It's, it's that's a solid pick. It's everything gains, gains that respect I like. from the uh, gains a little bit of respect from our listeners. Like they're going like, all right, you know these guys are hip. They're with it. Paris Roubaix. Not everyone knows that. Not bad. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. Um, you know, did, I'm not going to go with Grand Tour. I, I probably should have. I might regret this. Yeah, I don't should've. know. So I'm going to pick second. I'm just going to take it off the board. The Giro d'Italia is going on Team Super Rookie. Really? The greatest of all Grand Tour races. It's Italian, and you get a pink jersey for winning, and that trophy is pretty badass. So there you go. Already up on you, Spencer. Paris Bay, not bad. I mean, second second they... best tour. You know, that seems about right. Like, you should be on the second step of the podium. Oh. Oh, you guys. <laughs> Starting you off on the You right guys make it so easy. I'm taking the E3. <laughs> Wait, what? Now here, I'll argue for it, you guys. I'll argue for I it. I think you're going to need to. Wait, what race is E3? I mean, is that, is that a pro What race? race is the E3? Is, do uh, you hang on. do a cycling podcast with two of your friends on a weekly basis? I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> the E3. The E3. Here's why I'm voting E3. Okay. God, Timmy, Timmy. Tell me about it. Spencer, you'll understand this. I love Flanders, but it's not it all it's a little bit of a letdown. E three is just Flanders, but it's a little shorter and you get more of the like second tier dudes believing. They don't believe in, in, in Flanders. So you get more good moves, uh you get more action and all the big guns gotta come there and test the legs because it's only a week or so out. It's got everything. It's actually got more, I think, than the Queen event at this point. Interesting. And you don't have to have that finishing circuit. It's just oh, a straight I, race. I, I feel like this is. Uh, I would not. Now, I would not have predicted E three at all, and I still think it's a stupid pick. But it's like you buying a nineteen seventy four Saab, which is totally oh, something you would do. It's not practical. Good, yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's it's probably broken, but it looks okay from the outside. So yeah, and it's actually guys, more I'm, fun than owning a Ferrari, which would be if I if I'd got, I got if I'd gotten Flanders, it'd be a yeah, Ferrari that would just okay. break down all the time and be too there's, expensive to fix. The E3 I can afford; it's shorter. I see. There's so much wrong here because the Spencer's first pick brought us the legitimacy in the hardcore fans. The Giro also brings us that E3. Like that's a that's such a narrowed in demographic. Now the good news is here, little guy, little guy. You okay. had the last pick in the first round. It's yep, a serpentine. So so that means you get the first pick of the second round to reclaim your uh, your ability. Now you do know you could have gotten E three in the fourth round. I mean, no, I, mean, I got something. I got something else I want in the fourth round that I'm a little worried about, and I want. I'm just worried. I, I already got a pick. If, if I get to pick now, the fourth pick. Yep. I I and I want to know. Can I save money if I only pick the last fifty k of a race and maybe like parlay that no. into an extra pick <laughs> later? 
<laughs> no, you got to pick the whole All thing. All right. Well, I'm still only going to pick the last 50K of Milan San Remo. I don't want Shit. the first 109,000K. I just want the last 50K. Now, that means one of you needs to pick the first chunk. I need to soften up the ro- the sprinters, yeah. though. Maybe I'll take I'll take the whole thing. Never mind. I'll take the whole thing because it's just not the same. Well, if you get... Thanks. Yeah. You got to make sure you get the Scarponi Bridge in there. Well, you get the Scarponi Bridge, and yeah, I, I'm realizing now you got to take the whole thing because otherwise the sprinters will do well. Yeah. So, Milan San so, Remo, I don't think you guys can argue with that. It's first classic of the season. It is always exciting. So, I this is a good pick. This would have been a solid first-round pick. Um, not bad, but this means now it's my pick. Um, yeah. And now you guys put me in a little bit of a pickle because I have the possibility to take the two greatest stage races of them all <laughs> and um, and clean up. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. I, uh, I'm i going to take uh, Tour de France because I'm bringing some legitimacy to this podcast. Tour de France for sure. It's got the money. It's got the prestige. I have the Giro and the Tour. I am already cleaning up on you guys here uh, so yeah, go me. Nah, it's boring and overproduced. You know, it was their first couple albums were way better than their, their more recent <laughs> stuff. 2011, that's a vintage. But otherwise, mm-hmm. Spencer, right, what what you got you got? Spencer with the uh, with your second pick. Oh man. Um, well, I I think I could see the cards that Tim's playing here. Is that he's going, he's going for the like. Vegas, like he's going like Quantity, bright lights, not quality, and <laughs> shiny things. And I'm a businessman, yeah. And like little guys going for this hipster vibe of like cool hipster races. So I'm a little worried for some of my picks that are further down the list, but I think we'll probably be safe. Um, but I think I'm, I'm like actually going to get all the good races, you guys. Like I'm a little sad about Milan San Remo, but I mean. I did not expect Flanders to drop this low on the board, and I'm going to take it. Yeah, me and do. All right, Sol- solid pick. I like Spencer. You're going with the monument. You're ma- you're making a run for the monuments in your fantasy team, I'm which is uh, get... not bad. But yeah, I'm hoping to get all six. You. Uh, <laughs> well, it's going to be difficult because I, I already know. have E3. But... And we're only going to we're only going to pick five rounds, and so since uh, you know you're going to have to make a, chi- a choice between uh, um, the next Japan one, Cup, next one's Japan, Japan Cup, and. Uh, um, you know, the next one. So what? what do you, what's your first pick third round, Spencer? Oh, yeah. I get to go twice in a row. This is great. Um, let's see. Let me consult my uh, some very detailed notes here. Um, so with uh, with the first pick of round three, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue the series. I'm getting all the best races that are one day amazing classics. And I'm going to get uh, this Strada Bianchi. Oh, dude. Okay. All right. You're a jerk. That's good. That was going to be my pick. Um. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody can say anything bad about that. I just nailed it. Yeah, you're, it's you're solid. This very solid pick. Uh, so, I oh, Strada Bianca. That's such a good race. That finish is the great. Is probably the best finish of all the races consistently now. Like up that like picturesque wise, like historic Ooh. natural stadium. I don't Ooh, know what's I, better. Oh, I I've got a I've I got one that's pretty good next time. But yeah, I agree. It, it is so, probably one of the best ones. Yeah. And then it was, uh, it was maybe my next pick, Spencer. Okay. Uh, how many? I mean, uh, did we decide how many deep we're going? I think we're going to go five. Okay. Let's go five. All right. So so I've got I've got the third pick here. So right, this is going to be the um, seventh overall or some, something like that. Eight, you know, I, I've overall. got the fifth. Yeah. Now you guys got me in a little bit of a pickle here. There's Tour de France, there's Giro. 
Um, yeah, so Vuelta's hanging out I've there. I've got for the you. big ones. Slow hanging. The Vuelta is sitting out there. Tour of California sitting out there. Yeah. But I, I got to bring some credibility to my game, mm-hmm. right? Like, I am the, I'm the band that came out with a bunch of mega hits, right? Like, like I've, I've got, I'm filling the stadium, and I gotta like, I gotta dumb it down a little bit for my original fans from where I come from and, and my peeps. <laughs> So I am going to be taking Trobro Leone. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think you're going to go way Um, off brand and alienate everyone. (laughs) Trobro Leone. I'm putting on the skinny jeans. I've got the Trobro Leone credibility. I've got a pig for the people, for the Bretons, and I'm good to game. How do you feel about that little guy? It's it's solid. I mean, it's it's a fun race, but it's, you know, it's I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have picked it, but whatever. You know, it's not... I, I mean, mean, you know, it, it was on my list. Uh, I'm not going to lie, but uh, I'm not sad that it's gone because I've got the next best thing. All right. Uh, um, little guy, what do you got? All right. My next pick. Well, last this pick is, of third round. This is why I'm saying I think Spencer's is more picturesque, but this has a really gorgeous finish. Uh, it goes up along up to some like chapel-y thing at the top of a hill in San Luca, and it goes along, and there's arches the whole way up, and it's beautiful. I'm taking the Giro dell'Emilia. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. Tim has never heard of it. Spencer actually knows what it is. <laughs> how do I spell it? He probably wasn't going to pick that? it. Uh, how do you spell it? Is Giro. Yep, got D- And then dell'Emilia. <laughs> Tim, you should like this race because it's where a certain Carlos Betancourt first showed his hand as a pro cyclist that he was the real deal. He, for some yeah. reason there, didn't realize that it was because he was skinny. Uh, but yeah. he just figured right. that out recently. So, you know, we're all good. Jero Del... Okay, sure. Here, Gerald Tim, Del Lima. I, I know you don't believe me, but here's, here's, who, here's who finished uh, last year. Here's, like, the top ten last year to tell you how solid this race is. Chavez, Bardet, Iran, Aru, Bachlins. Like that's your that's your top your top five. Is Bachlins the guy I'm supposed to like from the Daphne? Jesus uh, Christ. No. Uh, oh, okay. My it's God. All right. Are you first pick, fourth pure? round? Guy. <laughs> fourth pick. <laughs> first pick, fourth round. Little guy industries selects. I'm not even oh. worried. I don't even like yeah, I don't I'm need to consult all, my like, list at all. I'm, yeah. I'm not All right, I'm I'm a little worried this I won't have a chance in the next round, so I'm going early with this one. I'm taking Durand. Shit, <laughs> the Durand Road Race. <laughs> yes, I, I I was wondering when this pick was going to take, and uh, look, I, I just get nervous. The Durand Road Race to all of our thousands of listeners. It's a square. It's a 15 mile square. It has some rollers and uh, two. Let's call them hills. They're not that big, really. Um. And it, some cows that come out and watch some Amish kids, and it's the it was traditionally the opening weekend of the year in the Minnesota Western Wisconsin area for bike racing, and so it was the World Championships and the Tour de France rolled into one. It was everything, um, <laughs> and it was miserable, and well, I never did well at it. But Spencer got fifth one year. Yep, that was I, pretty. I good. think I got fifth one year and seventh one year, and that's that's as yeah. good as I could do. I think I got some flats out there. You uh, <laughs> thought you got some flats. It had, um, I was on roads that didn't have a center line painted on it for a lot of it. So there'd always be a guy on top of the hill with binoculars or just yelling at people <laughs> and DQing people. Um, it, it was the most important race of the season. It was too early to 
even yeah. be a race. It was always happening. like pouring rain, and they always had one portage on in the uh, in the, the ditch. Yeah, that, start, and that was so. almost the best part is that the race met at the crossroads. Like the race started at the crossroads of two roads outside of Durand, the town. But like there was no houses. There was no nothing. It was these two roads, this unassuming crossroads <laughs> in the middle of nowhere became cycling mecca. And afterwards, everyone's like pissing in, it was like pissing in farmer's fields. Yeah, it, was, it was. Like the people came out of nowhere, destroyed so, this place, and then left like nothing happened. <laughs> God, solid solid pick. This is like the, the most yeah. underground of all picks. So well done, little guy. Um, I mean, you haven't known what any of my other picks The second pick of the are, uh, fourth so. round. I'm going to go a little bit off script here, guys. Um I am going to take the Olympic mountain bike race strictly oh. because it is the greatest of all mountain bike races. It is what represents mountain bike racing to the most uh, uh, television-friendly audience. And it's every four years I get to care about mountain bike racing more than anything else. Peter Sagan went out there, kind of crushed it uh, this past season or past year. And now I get to wait four years for the next uh, event, the Olympic mountain bike race. I am so stoked about this pick. That's all good. Right. That's All solid. Right. It's off script. I mean, I think Buck Hill would have been a better pick, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's fine, but you only get it once every four years. So. The, little, that makes it all the more magical. A little less lucrative. It captivates the world. Than, like, say, Mont St. Anne or something like that. You know, but you Mount do. Mont St. Anne is all right because it's in Canada, you. but, you know, that's about it. All right. Are we back around to my pick? Yeah, yeah you got two yep. in a row here. You got, you got your two here, fourth so. round, and then you got your final pick. Oh, man. We're down to the end already. Okay. Um, There's so many good races left, you guys. (laughs) There's some seriously good races. We could have gone a lot deeper. Like, my list is long. You guys have not crossed much off my list, i got to say. You haven't touched mine, so. (laughs) i got some deep cuts that I want to get on this list, but it it means I hope Tour of Alberta's on there. Like, come on. Like, it's totally sitting there. Well, we'll I mean, have to I, do this again. Yeah. With we'll have to do this again at some point with with like races, but with a qualifier to start so that we can narrow it down. Because I mean, this we're so broad right now, yeah. it's hard to decide almost. Because yeah. should we almost do like a like hey, what are the top picks that Chris Horner? Like if you were Chris Horner <laughs> drafting a team, and we all like yeah, pretended and exactly. we all try to choose like Tour of Azerbaijan. Yeah, yeah we'll have round. to we'll have to do it with a qualifier because at this, I was obviously we believe there's more than this many great races because every week we do a podcast. And we mostly talk about bike races. So yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah. What do you, so got, what do you got? Like Perry Nice is on my list here, but there's better races. There's races I'm more excited about on here, even though I yeah. love that well, race. This, is, this so, is your bar fight crew, right? This is I the know. crew taking to the bar so fight. I, I think I definitely have the strongest squad so far with Perry Roubaix, Flanders, and Stradivianchi. Like, There's no way. Are you kidding? The Volta is still sitting out there, man. Yeah, I don't care. Um Oh, it's got some good mountain stages, man. Sweet mountain Still stages. I'm I'm gonna pick uh, with the with the fourth with the last pick of the fourth round. I'm gonna pick the yep. Hammer Series. Oh, dude! Now Whoa, you're doing that jerk. is brave. You picked that because you knew I was gonna take it. Hammer <laughs> Series, it, it, it it's new. It doesn't have the same history as the rest of my picks, but the it's, potential, it's the upside the here, so good. Like, I have this, like, little guy's got these weird hipster, like, deep cuts, like, B-sides. But I've got the stuff that people want to see. And I think, I believe that the Hammer Series will grow into uh, its company here on my team. You got the you got the indie rock band that just got signed by Capitol Records, right? Like, they're, they're about to blow yeah. up. Or yeah. Rancid, Good. yeah. 
Oh, yeah, they're rancid. See, they're mine, <laughs> your guys' might be big on the jukebox right now, but in 20 years, mine will still be on the jukebox. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. People so, still so be going Spencer back with to the it. Hammer series. Well done, Spencer. I, I right. was wondering if this was going to be picked. I think we're all in on the Hammer series, especially with a little bit of improvements on the scoring. Did I tell yep. you about that yeah. last week? That if they actually put <laughs> the scores on the yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. I think I heard something about that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that might have been mentioned. Oh. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's, that's Spencer. I, I agree. It's a good race. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think it's only going to get better. Um, and now with, the, uh, with my fifth round and my final pick. You know, I know I'm going to be leaving some great races out there. I'm going to be leaving things that are on my list, like uh, like the Philly Classic. That's on my list. I'm not going to pick it. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Tour Down Under. Tour Down Under is actually on my list. Dude. I'm not going to pick just it. Just pick that so I can make fun of you forever. Because if you pick that, that means your entire team is a waste. Like, I, you went out strong, and then okay. you just went downhill. Like, You're only as strong as your weakest link, Spencer. My, my, my second darkest horse on this list is the San Francisco Grand Prix, which George Hincapie <sighs> won. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna, solid. I'm not going to pick that one. Sweet foreshadowing. But I'm going to pick a race. I'm going to get into little guy territory here. I'm not going to lie. Cause I don't totally know how to pronounce this race, but <laughs> it's shawl cells. What the it's hell? A Bel- it's a Belgian race. S when does this happen? A A L S E L S. Google <sighs> that. Shit, it's incredible. It's basically Trobro Leon, except Wait. for not in France, so obviously better. And Wout Vanner <laughs> won it last year. Uh, it's in September. It's incredible. Oh, I know this race. That is a good race. That it's, is a cool it's race. It's cobbles, yeah. gravel. It's like it's like an enduro gravel road, road, uh, Fondo, uh, Perry Roubaix, Trobro Leon all mixed into one. It's insane. I mean, I think this just. And as much as you wanted to not believe in my other points, but I think you're just validating my E3 pick now that the semi classics are better classics than the oh, deal. Like, but but it's solid, Spencer. I like it. You only like it because you hadn't heard of it for the first like ten minutes, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, this 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 race sounds great. <laughs> I mean, it's got everything I want. It's got a yeah. cyclocross rider crushing road guys' hearts. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like it's got cobbles and yep. it's, uh, it sounds hard and painful. Yep. Well, it, I, it's, incredible. it's my turn to pick and I, I've already got the tour. I've got the Giro. Trobro Leon, the classic, uh, the class, you know, trying to bring in classic. the newer market. Yeah. I see. Yep. Got the Olympic mountain bike race. And next I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go for the, oh, Spencer, I know I was talking to you about this, and I was, like, all about the lead-up, and I really just wanted to take Daphne and, like, just do the Daphne just to really play ham up being, like, the bad guy on the podcast or just make little guy mad by taking Daphne. Uh Like, I don't care. Do what you got to do. But uh, I'm not going to take that because that race is garbage. Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take... I'm going to take this race for not for the racing aspect of it at all. I'm not going to take this race for who goes for the time of year. I'm going to take it strictly for the trophy. I'm going to take Torino Andriatico with my oh. pick because it is the greatest trophy in cycling. You get a, um, a Triton and Nairo continually wins it all the time and it looks great. So the Torino Andriatico is that's, off the board. That's a pretty solid pick. I got to say it's, it's solid. If only for a fact, if you, if you Google that trophy, they'll get that great picture of Garzelli holding it. And then him rubbing Scarponi's head. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, th- that that makes it good. That's 
that's good, Tim, but that race, that's a little boring, hmm. I got to say. I can't believe we got this far, all the way to my last pick. And I know, Tim, you think I'm going to take the last stage of the Dauphine, because it's killer. It's good, but it would be my <laughs> sixth pick. We haven't picked a single cyclocross race, guys. That's true. Um, so yeah. I'm going I, with, uh, is it Namur? Namur? How do you pronounce it exactly? Namur, yeah. Namur? I'm going with Namur. It's always a total disaster of a mud fest. It's everything you want in cross. If you can only have one, that's the one you should have. It's always got the fastest cross riders in the world riding about a mile an hour up a slippery, muddy hill, um, chasing each other. It's the best. Well, yeah. that uh, It's pretty good. That's pretty good. The reason why is, like, I was trying to figure out cross, like, how to implement that. Like, I was like, ooh, do I just take the Belgian cross national championships, but then only, like, 17 guys do it. And then I was looking yeah, at all of the different races, and I was like, oh, whichever one I pick, um, the Crosshairs radio crew is just going to make fun of me because they're going to be like, how would you pick that one? Because I have zero credibility in cyclocross since I'm uh, – in florida amongst other reasons that i have zero credibility <laughs> on cyclocross um so to that easy one yeah yeah so well done it's uh not bad and i think if you look at all of these we have spencer's team to take into battle paris roubaix flanders strada bianca hammer series and schnell cells um not bad i have the tour the giro trobro leone Olympic mountain bike race in Torino Adriatico. Um, you really lost the plot the... somewhere in the middle. <laughs> no, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be, uh, you know what the problem is? I'm trying to be something for everybody. I got to say, and then Tim, we'll... I got to interrupt just... I cannot believe you didn't go for the trifecta and get the Vuelta with the last pick. Yeah, no one's ever I done all three in a year. Come on. I was thinking of it like I would have a quarter of the calendar of what people actually watch and care about. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, LG uh, takes E3, Milan San Remo, a race in Italy I hadn't heard of, Durand and Neymar. Um, God, so that's a good lineup, you, go. you guys. <laughs> you can um, go ahead oh. and tweet us at the Slow Ride Pod. Let us know who you think is better. Also, you can find poll. us on Instagram. Maybe we'll put a poll up there. Yeah. There's yeah. lots of big announcements coming. So, Also, if you have a name for kind of some fantasy drafting that uh, you would like us to do, there's so much that we can talk about. Other topics include uh, best thing to bring on your in your pockets for a bike ride, fav- favorite groupos. There's so much. Favorite team jerseys. There's so much Favorite here tire pressure. that we're going to go. And maybe we'll do this with some of our guests that we've got coming up that we're going to get to after the uh, break. All right. Let's 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 see if there's any preems on offer tonight. Yeah. Any, any, well, any, I just won them all with my five racers. Uh, I don't this believe This is like the hammer series of, of fantasy drafts we just did. Kind of is. It's the same format. There's a sprint every it, lap. It's, it's the same <laughs> format in that uh, nobody really knows what lap we're on or who's winning. Yeah, or no, we should have had or live how to actually graphics. orchestrate your team. Like yeah. we're all kind of just. <laughs> I don't know. Pick five. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake, kid. This is Adam fucking Myerson, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. So, uh, who, who are we racing for this week, Timmy? This, this week, we are racing once again for healthiq.com slash slow ride. Save some money on your life insurance by being a healthy individual. You know, you're a cyclist. You might have a lower um, resting heart rate. You could save some money for that because they know that's good for you. Or maybe you're a sprinter and your BMI is a little bit uh, bigger because it's all those muscles. Then you can, uh, you know, save some money on your life insurance. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They also they take into consideration things uh, that that athletes um, the bodies differ than uh, you know your average Joe. Um, like athlete BMI can be different than than your regular person, and they're not going to ding you for that if they know you're riding 50 miles a week. So if you can go on their site and say, yeah, I'm riding 50 miles a week, they'll even check out your Strava if you want them to. Like they'll take that 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 money spends at Health IQ. So um, you nice. know, go there. Take a quiz. Um, see if you score elite. If you score elite on that quiz, you know you're cycling. They trust you, and uh, and you can save a bundle of money um, because that's what they do there. And that's that's right. And also, I want to say that um, we have asked on our Twitter account. Go to the Slow Ride Pod. We have a survey up right now. If you can go ahead and fill out that survey, so it helps us out a lot as we um, we've started to be approached by uh, individuals that need to know our demographics of our listeners. You can go on there. Just fill it out. Help us out. Let us know you're making a couple million dollars a year because you are the elite lieutenant of the U.S. Postal team, perhaps. Maybe you can go in there and you can uh, let them know you're a listener and it helps us out uh, find the uh, the right advertisers to partner with the network. Um, we'd also like to thank the Wide Angle Podium Network subscribers and listeners. Remember, if you become a supporter of the Wide Angle Podium Network, you can go to wideanglepodium.com to find out more, and you get access to all of our exclusive material, including the Klein Corner, which has started to take over our Twitter sphere. So go out there, hashtag Kleins that you see out there in the wild. If you see what, like someone riding a Klein, you see one parked up against the, uh, the bike rack, hashtag Klein Corner, send it over to us on the Twitter or Instagram. We'd love to see it, and uh, we appreciate um, all of the members of the Wide Angle Podium Network. You know, I got approached, Wide Angle Podium got approached uh, by the Greenfield Criterium here in New England. Uh, it's part of Crit Week here uh, with all the big, uh, awesome races that are going on uh, in the summertime. And uh, it's coming up in about uh, a week or so. Um, so if you're anywhere near New England, go check out Greenfield Crit, because we have decided that we can sponsor them. And... You know, we don't have any money. So how do we do that? That was kind of the question. How do we do that? The answer is a new, brand new invention by the Slow Ride Podcast called Interview Preems. <laughs> this is going to be the most disappointing preem win that someone has ever gotten. Because yeah. they're going to like just hear the bell ring and they're going to be like, ooh, $5, I'm going to go. And then They're going to go crazy. Uh, they're going to spread their they eyeballs gonna out. They're going to cross the line, and at the finish line, they're going to be informed that they have won the chance to speak with our intrepid reporter, Luke Warm, uh, live, in person, on the spot. And they're going to have to tell us, you know, uh, what, what, you know, how the tactics played out, how they won that, how they won that <laughs> preem. Oh. Oh, this is such a good idea. So, like, hey, can you, like can you walk so us like through it. when you went for the preem? So here are the questions you need to ask Spencer. Uh-huh. Did you know what you were actually racing for in the preem? Yes, like, absolutely. Or is this a surprise? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what how you positioned yourself for the, the win of the preem. Mm-hmm. Are you satisfied with that preem win? Would you have rather it, got a $5 off uh, <laughs> Golden Plump chicken coupon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or... or is this preem good enough for your sponsors? Mm-hmm. Something like that. And then are we going to play the preem? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. so this is the podcast. exciting part. All of these uh, interviews are going to go up on this podcast uh, after, nice. after the crit. I don't know if they'll all go up at once or if we'll space them out over a couple episodes, but depends on how much, the how much material now. we have. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. I, I, I don't know what fields uh, we're going to get. I did request the juniors because I think they're great. 
Oh, that'd be great. I hope we get Cat Force. <laughs> yeah, if you do it, can, yeah. can you do this? I want the Cat Four Prem Lap winner to give us the drop. Like, hey, this is uh, this is <laughs> this is Howl Howland, and I just won the Prem in the Cat Four green, Greenfield Crit. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah, oh, I absolutely. like this. It's a great idea. Good work, you guys. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Um, so check it out. Uh, you can find Greenfield Crit on Bike Reg uh, if you're anywhere nearby. I've I did this race last year. It was one of the only road races I did all year, and it's totally worth it. Production value is great. Food trucks, all that stuff, um, definitely worth the cost of admission. So there you go. Nice. Cool. Let's roll back into the show. We got some reviews, some emails, and uh, some other good stuff. All right, let's do it. <laughs> cool. Uh, this is Stephen Hyde with Cannondale CyclocrossWorld.com, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah? Yeah. What are you pointing at? Oh, I was just waiting for one of you guys to prompt me. Oh, okay. Tim, Uh, did anybody uh, write in this week to, you know, talk about how smooth we are, how how great our segments are? You know, we did get um, a few uh, reviews. We begged last week because reviews help us. Uh, Five stars, sympathy stars from Bristol X-Core. I once beat Tim in a cross race once, (laughs) and I feel like I owe him for the suffering that 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 must have caused. Here's yeah. a five-star review to make up for it. Thanks. No. Nice. I know exactly who you are, Justin, in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> Interesting, because <clears throat> I was thinking you would have trouble figuring out who that was, because pretty much everybody has beaten you in a cross race. <laughs> yeah, it could be confusing. <laughs> yeah, it could be a little confusing. We got another five-star review, the best cycling podcast from Baba Skate. I love this podcast because it's just a bunch of chill dudes talking about stuff. And I effing yeah. love uh, talking about stuff I effing love about bike racing. Thanks. And uh, that's pretty much all the reviews that we have this week. All right. Well, hey. That's it? That's pretty good. There's no more. There's zero Wait a second. more interview. Nope. There's no more stars. Nah. I could have swore I saw something about another five-star review we got. Oh, there it is. I, did I, see- I had to scroll a little bit. Five-star yeah. review from Courier Dave. I just made more coffee. What can I say about this podcast that hasn't been said about the smash films such as Avatar, Battlefield Earth, or the modern classics of the Sharknando series? My favorite ones are when Super Rookie Mike's act. Um, my favorite ones are when Super Rookie's Mike acts up and they have to call it ten minutes early. Yeah. I can have ten less minutes of gravel racing updates and thoughts on albeit dope nineties mountain bikes. Didn't that yeah. band Cracker in the nineties say what the world needs now is three white guys talking about bikes that I like I need a hole in my head? I, might be I saw a Cracker once. It was awesome. Good enough, Rookie. So thanks, Courier Dave, for that sweet five-star review. How many stars hey. was that? It was one star. Uh, and I think it's only one star because you can't possibly give zero stars. So we finally got our one-star review. Thanks, thanks Dave. Courier Dave. Um, hey, you know, the Golden State Warriors have blown a 3-1 lead before, so I'm sure they're going to do it again. Hey, anything's possible. So we're going to go rocks. right away, guys, into probably the biggest mailbag that we've ever got. You can email us at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot to go through. Um, the first email here we have is from George. It says, let's shoot for next Tuesday. I get back in the country Monday night. Thanks, George Hincappy. Mm. Wait, what? That's huh? right. We got an email from George Hincappy. Who pranked us? Set the expectations high because this journalistic podcast is going to town and we need your help. 
Send us emails with questions because when you send us Twitter questions, they get fallen down. We are going to have George Hincapi. His, his people have finally approached our people after our listeners have relentlessly, relentlessly badgered them into this. making this happen. Mm. Guys, I'm a little nervous about this. I got to be perfectly honest. That We should be. Uh, we have George Hincapi, and there's going to be a lot of expectations on what we're supposed to ask him. And we're not journalists. Like, we're going to have fun with this, but we could use your help. So give us, let us know what kind of questions you would like to see uh, uh, gorgeous George Hincapi, the number one model, model in cycling, uh, on the uh, podcast. Well, uh, to make the man blush, man. I mean, I think the first and foremost question is we need to know his stance on the apple cinnamon goo packs. That's, Ooh, that's true. A, that's a good question. I, I, I do think that's so the, good. <laughs> we, we do need to ask about that time when he was tapped the leader of the uh the postal team that might be as hard-hitting of a question as we can come up with we'll we'll work on it but definitely really send us to... send us some emails send us some suggestions because we're not geniuses it's probably something we'll totally forget and afterwards <laughs> we'll have to slap our heads so remind us beforehand so we, we don't we don't miss out on the chance of a lifetime to ask a good question this is by far going to be our most listened to podcast we really got to get it dialed in with some good questions and I'm totally nervous that George Hincapie is going to be on the podcast. It's, um, yeah, but maybe, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> uh, we got another e- uh, Twitter account. It said, Hey guys, when are we going to do the potty? That was, uh, from Mitch Docker. So another, uh, oh. professional cyclist. Sorry, Mitch. Um, you're kind of, uh, they had to slide <laughs> you back a week or two there. Uh, we're, <laughs> I, Mitch, I'm cool. Whenever, just call me up. Call me on my personal line. We're good. Uh, um, we'll talk. Let's see here. Oh, Christopher uh, Benson hits us up. This is a good email. Dear Slow Ride Podcast, last week Tim spoke about seeing a rider on the road with the Juro Air Attack helmet combined with an eyeglasses mirror mounted on the side. I am here to report that I have too seen this combination just this weekend on a brunch ride hosted by the local bike co-op. The gentleman sporting this odd combination was not your run-of-the-mill weekend spandex hero that was looking for some assurance that a motorist would not sneak up behind him. No, he was just a casual rider on one of those giant momentum street bikes with the built-in cup holder and cargo shorts. That's an interesting twist. I'm not out to judge this individual (laughs) and others like him, but I would like to get an official opinion from the Slow Ride podcast. Given that there have now been two confirmed sightings of this phenomenon of the Giro Air Attack aero helmet and the attached eyeglasses mirror mounted on the side, mm-hmm. I might be so bold as to say that the Giro combo is not a fluke. Rather, it is a calculated sales tactic used by local bike shops nationwide. Should we be celebrating the cunning sales tactics of bike shops, which <laughs> allow them to bring much-needed dollars into their stores to keep the lights on, yeah. or should we, or should we um, condone bike shops – Taking well, now, advantage of individuals lacking the knowledge of the arrow, and, and that was your theory, right? When we talked about this, Tim. So, you... so my, yeah, I would assume if I worked at a bike shop, and, and I and I was a heartless human being, I would every day I would look at my fellow salesperson and be like, "All right, we'd have a new challenge," and I think we'd have maybe we'd like spin a spin a wheel, and it would say helmet mirror, and we'd spin the other <laughs> wheel, and we spin again, and it would say air attack, and be like, oof. This is gonna That's be a tough, a tough one. one yeah. Twenty bucks down on the table <laughs> every morning. This is we we roll hard here at Matt's bike shop, and then that's the thing. Whoever can uh, do that first takes that money home. I like it. All right. What, what do you think? Should we? What do you think, Spencer? 
Um, I, I'm kind of into little guy's idea. I don't think that's what's I, happening, but I think that's what should be happening. I hope so, it is. It's like a running this is, bet. This is, who can yeah, do so it it's first? It's like who it's, can say what words? I mean, the look, yeah. yeah. The, I was just going to say, the look is like a Mad Libs of cycling wear, right? Like you just filled in some blanks and you came up with air helmet, air attack helmet with helmet mirror, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you, the, if, if you sold this combo, I assume you're employee of the month. You get yeah. a plaque well, on the wall. If you sold the combo to a gentleman on one of those kick-ass giant momentum bikes. I well, mean, yeah, if like this those, right, they're like a four hundred dollar bike that's got the built-in cup holder. Like it's designed to just get you from point A to point B, and then yeah. you've got that combo. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'd almost be better so, if this person went into a shop and said, "You know, I don't own a bike, but I often use the the loaner bikes around the city uh, that you can just pick up anywhere and drop off somewhere else." But I just want to have a helmet for safety that I carry with me at all times. Mm-hmm. And you sold them on. An air attack and a mirror. Well, there you go. So Chris uh, finishes up his email with, thanks for looking into the issue. Your friend in Richmond, Virginia, live show attendee. Ooh. Chris, yes, love, love what you guys are doing. Thanks for keeping bike racing humble and fun. I'll be listening as long as you guys pump out episodes, which is, um, you know, thank you. That, that, that's so important. Forever. We got a, a Wide Angle Podium Network pack. supporter and a friend of the podcast, Paul Buchanan. Hey, guys. I was just watching the finale of the Hammer series and thought myself how god-awful it must be to sprint on a TT bike. Do you think the bike manufacturers will come out with some kind of new frame design to milk consumers <laughs> and fans of the Hammer series? Or are we just going to see Aero road bikes with clamp-on extensions? It's a... How long till the Hammer series does have an official Hammer series like bike or accessory line? Five years? Ten years? You drafted it, Spencer. Like, what's the <laughs> Hammer Series? It's never going to happen. this? Yeah. If they're smart, they're never going to sprint on TT bikes again. They'll do that TT on standard bikes. Yeah. And, uh, and we will never, we will just pretend this never happened, and we will never think of it again. <laughs> um, yeah, I, know, I agree. I know Stock. that these sprints happen in, like, one of those, what's the triathlon where you can actually draft, draft legal triathlons? Like that the kind of stuff actually yeah. happens. Um, but it's terrifying and no one wants to think about it. So let's, we're just going to close the door on that. And, um, you know, that's going to go in the closet with all the rest of the skeletons. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, you can, you can do that cause you drafted them on your team. You can tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Mike Jenkins hits us up. Hey guys, love the podcast. I've been listening to it for just over a year, I guess. It keeps getting better. Five stars. But for some reason, this popped up on my homepage on YouTube. Thought little guy would like it. And it's a link to a video that says, why are the Dutch so tall? And then your Canadian friend who lives in the UK, Mike Jenkins. So, little guy, you will never um, get away from that because every single cyclist is tall from Dutchland. I didn't say every cyclist. I just said they're taller than the average Grand Tour contender. (laughs) Pretty sure you said they were tall and no one else was tall. Yeah, that was it. I'm pretty confident that your your extreme jealousy from being the little guy – yeah, against your tallism <laughs> has really shown through, and your mm-hmm. true colors have come out. And so, they're not red, white, and blue in whatever <laughs> order the Dutch have them in. Yeah, it's <laughs> or they're blue. not orange like their national kits. This, Boo! This one. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I I had a question for you guys that I wanted to kind of yes, ask question, earlier uh, as part of the Dauphine, but uh, I didn't didn't get it in. I've been thinking about Fuslang a lot and how he's always seemed like a rider that hasn't been used right. You know, first he was working for the Schlecks, then he went to Astana, 
He got a little chance, but then he had to work for Nibali. And at least in this last week, with the one-two punch with Aru, and he's the steady hand, I think they're finally using him. He's like 32. They're finally figuring out how to use him right. He's a good rider. He should have won more, I think, in his career, you know? Um, do you guys have any riders you like who you feel like are always underused or the team's not deploying them in the way that would make sense? Okay. Yes, I have one right away. We could play the game and drag out the podcast for another 10 minutes for you guys ask because you probably only know that I only know five names off the top of my head on well, who this would be. F- but I'm going to go out, come yeah. out right away and say it. Leopold Pig- Leopold oh, yeah, Koenig. Yeah, okay. He's the guy that was like top 10 at the tour, signs with Sky, never heard of him for yeah. like two years. So there you go. Leopold Koenig was, was the guy that I have a little bit of, you know, is in my heart a yeah. little bit. Top 10 with the NetApp Endura team, pretty fantastic. And then poof disappears and uh i know there's probably an injury in there or something but um, no he's the that's, guy a, that's a good pick i i agree if he would have stayed on a different team i can't see why he wouldn't have been top five at the volta or something by now you know and have a more impressive uh he was seventh at the tour and then he's only gonna get top five at the volta he would have been on the podium little guy i think we've we talked about this before the, the tour is boring they just sort of ride around the Volta is excitement, pure nonstop adrenaline on the climbs. I just think he would have just climbed a little bit higher, you know. But Spencer, do you got any rider that you've always you've got a soft spot for, and you feel like ah, they're just not doing what you know? Monday morning quarterback this for me. Well, I was. I mean, I've only had a couple minutes to think about this, and and I'm sure there are some uh, some good picks out there, some actual good picks. Uh, T.J. Van Garderen comes to mind. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but there's actually a guy that I think has been utilized incorrectly as far as, like, Grand Tours are concerned, which I think what you're mostly talking about here. Well, uh, you can go any way you want, but sure, yeah. But this guy, it's not like he hasn't had a great career. It's not like he hasn't won a ton of races. Um, it's not like he isn't a household name already. But I think he could have won a few more Grand Tours okay. if he wasn't playing a secondary role. And that is... Alejandro Valverde. I can see that. I mean, he has had to ride for Nairo a few times here where if he wasn't riding for Nairo, we we could say maybe he's on the podium a couple years, right? He's And he's going to do it again this year. He's, like, riding great. <coughs> he's in the right spot. He's in Whoa. the right... That's a... Yeah. He's in, the, he's in the right spot in the Dauphiné, which is the lead-up to the Tour, and... I think he's ready to crush it, but he's going to have to ride for Nairo, who's not going to do well because he blew his legs out at the Giro. <laughs> Hot take. Well, I, see, I, I, I'm sorry I interrupted you when you were just building up steam, but I knew where you were going to take this. You were getting back in that bus after you rolled over me and Little Guy, and then you were looking for Nairo, just saying, like, ooh, Nairo got second at the Giro, or third in the Giro, or whatever. I'm just going to roll over him because he's not going to win. I mean, he's not. <laughs> he's probably not I, I see what you're saying Spencer I think I mean uh, last few years I thought there's a chance maybe Nairo falters and Valverde takes over leadership but it hasn't it hasn't quite um, materialized but, no, it's yeah. never going to but I think he should be the first pick this year <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that Movistar you know while Nairo is the number one man uh, they come with Valverde it makes it more exciting you always wonder it's kind of how I'm hoping it works out at Astana this year with Fuslang riding really well, being steady. But Aru, 
though he has kind of a weird buildup, is flying too. And that one-two punch, maybe never, it's not as good works. as having a. Pr- <laughs> it never works, but I want. But it's more exciting. And I was yeah. gonna say, like, uh, obviously Sky, uh, obviously Postal, um, obviously the number many teams that Contadors won things on. It's just he's the only guy, but it's more exciting. When a team brings the one two and you get the one two in the mountains at the end. That that's that's more exciting than watching a bunch of leaders all riding together. It's when you've got two leaders on a team and they can send two threats up the road. The one two punch can work. No it can't. It can it, work. It can it work periodically, work. but it doesn't I agree Spencer, it doesn't work usually over three weeks. I think it works in a one week race. Yeah, but over three weeks, the time differences often become too big. I, like, so for the Dauphine, the time differences are so small on the last day. Anybody in the top fifteen could have won the race with a big move. Whereas at the third week of a Grand Tour, you're usually down to five five guys who have a chance. So it gets harder to one two. Well, eight. let us know what you think. If there's a rider that you think has been you know let down by his team or just never found himself in the uh, the right position, let us know what you think of our. Um, top corner fantasy draft on the best races in cycling and how horrible little guy and Spencer's teams were and the dominance of the super rookies team on Twitter at the slow ride pod, or you can find us on Instagram at the slow ride pod next week. We're probably going to have a special guest. So you want to tune into that. We also want to wave at all your fellow cyclists and um, thanks to BK one of rhyme series entertainment. The slow ride podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.